Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers. Now. All right, give me 30 seconds and we'll talk Suns Clippers. I wanted to pass out this, uh, pass along, I should say, this tweet from Nick Bacoro. Dre Jameson's locker room at Chase Field is empty, apparently. He's been sent down. Dre was sent down? Uh, according to Nick Bacoro, wow. they needed a way to fit in tonight's starter Tommy Henry on the roster. That's the presumption, anyway. I don't know how soon he can come back or if somebody else is going to come back. It's been a little bit of a struggle for Dre Jamison his last couple of times out. It has been. Uh, so I don't know how, what level of permanence that has to it, but Nick Bacoro, beat writer of AZ Central for uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, is reporting that Dre Jamison's locker room, at locker, I should say, at Chase Field. That's official Is, now, is it official? Way. Okay, so that so he's down, Tommy Henry is up. The Correct. team made it official? Okay, so there you go. Yeah. So Henry replaces Bumgarner. Yes. Yes, which his departure really didn't help anything over this weekend, did And they still lost three or four. No, they still lost three or four. Yeah. Pitching was a problem. Uh, yeah, Except there is. for that Gallon guy. Yeah, that Gallon guy, he's, he's decent. Mm. Uh, in fact, if you go to our Twitter page, you can see a picture of Zach Gallon's uh, bobblehead that we're rocking here in the studio. It looks pretty good. All right, so. I donated it. Yeah, we, and we appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, we go into game uh, five of the Suns and the Clippers tomorrow night. We've already given you the lowdown on this one. If the Suns win tomorrow, and the Nuggets win tomorrow against the Timberwolves, then game one between the Suns and the Nuggets would be Saturday in Denver. Now, if any of these series get extended, then it moves until Monday of next week. But should the Nuggets and the Suns both win and both eliminate their first-round competition, you're talking about game one of the Western Conference semis in Denver on Saturday. The question that we continue to have about this Phoenix Suns basketball team is the bench and the struggling bench. It continues to be a storyline for this team. You know, it is to the point where you look at these you look at these games with the bench. They had nine points and seven rebounds in game four. Fifty-six minutes by four different guys, they had nine points. Think about that. Four guys played fifty-six minutes and had nine points. They missed all four of their three-point shots. Okoji played the most minutes. He had twenty. 27. His minutes have consistently gone up. Burnsy from 7 to 15 to 21 to 25. Biz played 12. Lee played 14. And Landry Shamit down to five minutes a game right now. Terrence Ross, still a no-show. That guy, you know, he was their big buyout guy. He's played four minutes in these playoffs. Four total minutes. Mm-hmm. Shamit played 24 the first game. 14 the second. Four and five the next two. So Shamit's seen gone from 24 to 14 to 4 to 5. He's taken 11 shots. He's made only two baskets. He has only four total points. Now, you know me. Stars win in the playoffs. You know, like, the Phoenix Suns aren't getting anything out of their bench. They're going to beat the Clippers in five games. Now, will you need the bench? The question becomes, do you need the bench as you go further and you start to play teams that are more healthier than the Clippers? That's going to be the question. Like, you can beat the Clippers getting this kind of contribution from your bench. Can you beat the Nuggets getting this kind of contribution from your bench? Can you beat the the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals if that's who it is you're going to face, getting this kind of contribution off your bench? And if the answer is no, then the other question becomes, who? Who off your bench is going to give you is a campaign? Is, is, are we going to get to the point where we look at campaign as the savior for the bench for the Phoenix Suns? But then I think the other question needs to be asked. Do they need a savior off the bench? Is it enough for them to have the big four? They haven't here. In this series, they haven't. But the Clippers don't have Kawhi. 
The Clippers it, don't have Paul it George. It means that you'll run your starters 40 minutes a game every game. You're going to run them because you don't have the bench. That, they don't trust the bench. They don't trust the bench. I actually, I actually did this on the other day. I don't know. Yesterday, I think I was just so like uh, had the extra day off in between games, in between shows. So you didn't know what to do with well, yourself. Well, you know, sometimes like there's only so much time in a day. We do a show on Monday and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. When there's a game on Saturday, I've got a, I got extra time on Sunday. So what I did is I went through every team in the West. Some guy asked me, "Where's the East?" I go, "Come on, man! Like, yeah, you know how much extra work that is." I went through every team in the West and I went through every single game that they played in the playoffs just to see how many points they're getting out of their bench. I want to read this to you. Tell me what you think. Well, wait, can I tell you what I think first? Yeah. You need to get a hobby. But the second thing, go ahead, tell me what you got. I do need a hobby. I do need. That's the first thing I think of. All right. You need a hobby. I do need to get a hobby. Um, once I retire, I'm going to get a lot of them. Not golf, though, because I heard you stunk the other day. Oh, my day. God. You started golf as a hobby, and now I you did. want to quit already. I, I, no, I don't, I'm not going to quit. I'm you not said quit. you're rethinking it. I, I, in the middle of my crappy round, I thought, what the hell am I doing with my life that this is what I've chosen to do for a you hobby? You took 90 really, shots, really and you're only happy with three of them. Boy, you have a really good memory. You can't mm-hmm. remember what you had for lunch an hour ago, you but you can remember what shots. I said about the charity right. golf tournament right. I played it on Saturday. Yours. See what happens I, when you get a hobby? I swung the you club. You broke your clubs. Seriously, no lie. I swung the club 90 times. There were three shots that I was really right. actually And you want me to get a hobby. Well, it's this is a fair what happens when you get a hobby? All right, so since your hobby list, right. give me these numbers that you've got here. The, but the team with the most points from their bench in the first four games, it's, I'm just going to go through because some teams have played three. The West, the Western Conference, the team with the most points from their bench, Sacramento, 150. They're tied 2-2 in the series. They got 150 bench points. The Clippers are second with 129. The Golden State Warriors are third with 116. The Lakers, who have only played three games, they're next. They're fourth with 91. Denver is next with 86. Minnesota is next with 77. And then Memphis, who's also only played three games, has 60. And then the Suns have 50. The Suns are by far getting the least production point-wise from their bench. Sacramento's got 150 points. The Clippers, 129. Golden State, 116. The Lakers, 91. Denver, 86. Minnesota, 77. Memphis, 60. Suns, 50. All right, let's get down to the nuts and bolts. Go ahead, tell me. How concerned are you about this? Not concerned now. How can okay? Forget but, now. But forget guess, later. I mean, just how big picture? Suns are trying to win a championship in twenty twenty three. How worrisome is this? Forget about on now. a scale For, of one to ten. Scale of one to ten. Ten is you're freaking out. One is like no big deal. A three. Okay. Because I've always believed that it's like with this team especially. Your stars are going to win for you. You know, I've always said this. The bench doesn't matter as much. The stars are going to win the game for you. As long as Durant and, and Booker are getting help from either Paul or Aiton, I think they could win. If they're not, then you probably need the bench to play more. So if those guys aren't performing well, you might be you might be looking for something from somewhere. Where can I get something? Now, the Suns have been kind of fortunate because Torrey Craig has been a good, uh, a good fix for them in the starting lineup. But they are not getting production from their bench. And whether it hurts them or not, I'm not sure. But I don't think I, I think I don't think it's a an eight, nine, or a ten on a scale of one to ten. I, I probably put my concern level a little bit higher than yours. Yeah, I, I probably put it a, a four, maybe a five, just because I I think at some point they are going to need. Com-
contributions off their bench. I, I Look, I don't disagree with you at all. The Suns are going to live and die with their big four, and they're going to live and die with their big four getting big minutes, and that's how this thing is going to go. And if the big four aren't able to get big minutes, then they're going to be in trouble, and it's not going to matter who's going to come off the bench. Still, I, I would bet that if Monty were getting a little bit more production off of his bench, the 44 that Durant is playing becomes 42, right? The 42 that Booker yeah. is playing becomes 39. That could factor, now, yep. And, and I know what you've said about this. For a long time now, you've said in the context of a series, that doesn't matter that much. There's really no difference if you're in a game and you're playing 39 minutes versus 44 minutes. What matters the most is eliminating a team quickly so you can get as much off time in between series. I, I think for players of that age, though, every minute counts. And I suspect that if Monty were getting a little bit more out of his bench, he would trim a little bit of the minutes off of KD and a little bit of minutes you're right. off of Paul. And he, and he can't. He just can't right he can't. now. So that's so. And now there might be something. You may look at that. You may say, this is going to do him in. It's going to do him in. They got nothing. Terrence Russ can't even get in the game. Landry Shamit's minutes have gone down dramatically. He doesn't trust anybody. Like, he doesn't trust anybody on that bench to be able to give him anything. Well, okay, we all knew that when these games got real and when the playoffs started that Monty was going to shorten his rotation. Every coach does. What surprised me is that there hasn't been a lot of experimentation so far. They haven't really tried Terrence Ross. They really haven't tried T.J. Warren. The only experimenting that's gone on is Damian Lee instead of Landry Shamit. Over the last two games, that's what we've gotten. It's been more D. Lee and it's been less Landry Shamit. Uh, Ish, they tried that didn't work. T.J. Warren's played spot minutes here or there. Landale played spot minutes because uh, of foul trouble early in the series. Ross, we've barely seen him at all. I'm surprised that Monty hasn't tried different guys off the bench like he did with Damian Lee to see if he could get a different kind of vibe. Or maybe, maybe he's just counting on the return of campaign and thinking that when that happens, that sparks the bench. That changes the bench. That that changes the outcome. I don't know. Or maybe he's just like, look, we're going to ride or die with these four guys. And that's how this is going to be. We traded all of our depth. We traded all of I our guys. We became a very top-heavy team. We're going to ride or die with those guys. I think that's, that's what it's going to be. be I know? think they're going to ride and die with those four guys. Score the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets. Text the word TICKET to 62620. Register. Listen for your name today during the 5 o'clock hour here on Burns and Gambo. Your chance to qualify for Game 5 tickets and see the Suns take on the Clippers. Again, text the word TICKET to 62620. We talked about this earlier. Earlier, a report that says the Cardinals could be looking at an offensive lineman in the draft. Really? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 3.15 on this Monday afternoon here on the Burns and Gambo Show. The NFL Draft first round is on Thursday, rounds 2 and 3 on Friday. Gambo and I, along with a lot of the crew, going to be at the Cardinals draft party out there on the Great Lawn on Thursday for our draft coverage. Let's see if there's a game six or not for the Suns and the Clippers. Otherwise, it might be you know our wall-to-wall draft coverage, one of my favorite days of the year. We all kind of rally together and do it real well here on Arizona Sports. Of course, the question for the Cardinals is, are they going to be there at number three? Are they going to trade out? If so, who do they trade with? Is it down to four with the Colts, seven with the Raiders, 11 
with the Titans, all points in between. Who knows? There's, you know, throw a rock in the air, you're going to hit a rumor about what the Cardinals are going to do. The latest one, though, Gambo, is certainly unique and I would say a little bit unexpected. I was not expecting to read as much about this today as I did because it feels like it's been everywhere. I'm going to start with Todd McShay. This was on ESPN.com, his latest buzz about the NFL draft, in which he writes, quote, I keep hearing the team wants to improve the offensive line and better protect Kyler Murray. That sets up an interesting scenario. We've all mocked Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson to the Cardinals for a while, but if they are truly looking for big-time offensive line reinforcements, could they slide back and take Northwestern's Peter Skoronsky? Lunch for me. Because <laughs> a long time ago, I bet you that the Cardinals would take an offensive lineman in the first round. Mitch, you got a date on yeah. that? Uh, he's looking it up right now. He's looking it up. It was a long time sheet. ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, was like, it was sometime during Kime, the regular Kime season. was still the GM. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Yeah. I don't doubt it. At some point during the regular season, it got so bad on the offensive line. Gambo said, I bet no matter what happens from here on first out, it's going to be an offensive lineman first round pick. Yeah, listen, if, if you move down to a certain spot and you bypass some of these great defensive players, then Skaronsky makes some sense. But, man, it does seem like he's not as highly thought of as the defensive players that you could get, whether that's Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson or uh, Christian Gonzalez. Those players, I think, are more highly rated. Now, if you get an offensive lineman and you move down, you add a whole lot of picks. We've always said this. If you make the trade with Tennessee and you end up with Skaronsky there, and then you end up with all these other picks. Okay, you know, I could live with that. I mean, because there is a price to pay to trade with Tennessee. And that price is not only what you're going to get, but also what you're going to pass up on. There's mm-hmm. a positive and a negative. Mm-hmm. The negative is like all the guys you really like defensively, a lot of them are going to be gone. So now you're like, okay, can I get the best offensive lineman? Skaronsky's a guy that a lot of people think he was a great tackle in college, but they think that he could eventually be a guard, yep. which is still okay. I mean, you need good offensive linemen. You prefer tackles. They're harder to get, but they do think that he could end up being a guard at one point. Mitch, did you find it? Did you find when we oh, made I that sent bet? it to you on Teams. Oh, did you? Okay. But I have it here either way. You said, you said that on Teams. I don't have that. I don't, I don't need. I don't need to send everything to you. Uh, That's what I have Burnsy for. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. The guy who doesn't know how to Venmo me money is complaining that we don't send him stuff on. The teams. Hey, my wife sent you fifty bucks. She sure did. Yeah, yeah she she sure did. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, but who sent the money? Though? Uh, let's yeah, exactly. Let's it wasn't. It didn't come from Gambo. So there's a reason we keep you off of Teams, Gambo. Too mm. much technology tends to confuse you. Guys talk you. about talk talk about me behind my back. Oh, on you teams. better. You bet your you butt we do. Stupid yeah, comment no he just made, and I can't read it because I don't know how to do it. December fourteenth. December 14th. December 14th. Cardinals will draft an offensive lineman with their original draft pick. Kyman and Cliff were still there. And I think in fairness, they were probably outside the top five at that point. On December 14th? Oh, but they were trending for the top five. They were really trending for the top five. Um, There were still like five games left at that point, right? I'm going to look at it right now when they made that. So December... December 14th. 14th. They had yet to play Denver. They ended on a four-game. They ended on a. What was geez. their What was their record on December fourteenth? On December fourteenth, they were four and eight. Okay. Oh, then they, they were four and nine, four and ten, four and eleven, four and twelve, four and thirteen. It just kept getting worse and worse. All right. So that's what 
McShay had to write about um, Skaronsky from Northwestern. Here's a Peter King, and we mentioned this earlier in the show. I'll bring it up again. This is the offensive line trend today. Okay, he did his one and only mock draft. I respect that about Peter King. He just does one. Like this is it. This is my, it's kind of like the guy who fills well, out. I don't got well, time to do eight mock drafts. He's like the guy who fills out one bracket in the office pool for March Madness. I yeah. don't have time to fill out eight. I'm filling you one. This one. is what you're going to get. Take it or leave it. He does one mock draft. He has the Cardinals moving down from three to eleven with Tennessee, and he has the Cardinals taking Christian Gonzalez, the corner out of Oregon. Okay, great pick. But he wrote, if I kept the Cardinals at three, I would have roiled the first round. I would have given them Paris Johnson, the Ohio State tackle, and not edge rusher Will Anderson. So here's Peter King saying, if they stay at three, I'm taking Paris Johnson. Here's Todd McShay saying, I hear the Cardinals are high on Skaronsky. It's offensive line. And then there's this. I didn't even bring this up. This is Mike Garofolo. For what it's worth, he tweeted, word is that Kyler Murray likes Paris Johnson a lot and has let that be known inside the Cardinals building. Johnson visited there recently. So, so Murray likes I, I, I know. No, I know what you're going to say, and I'm thinking I mean, the same thing. You can't have this kid dictate what you're going to do in nope, the draft. You can't. You just can't do that, it. That should not be a factor. Yeah, I it mean, shouldn't be. you shouldn't have been hired if you've got to go to Kyler Murray and you're going to take his advice on who to pick. Now, Pro Football Focus is top 200 prospects. They had Skaronsky number five. So they had him as ahead of Christian Gonzalez, ahead of Tyree Wilson. Mm. So they had so their top five pro football focus: Bryce Young one, Jalen Carter two, Will Anderson three, Devon Weathers Witherspoon four, Peter Skaronsky five. That's pro football focus. But you sent me something with Daniel Jeremiah today. I can't find him on there. Maybe I didn't. Uh, Skaronsky? I mean, no, it's not on there. Top hundred and fifty prospects. Like you get, you sent the first twelve: Bryce Young, Will Anderson. Uh, my computer's not going that fast. Um, I must not have included him. But Jean, no, he's not in there. He's like he's not in the top twelve. He's not. In the, well, I don't think Four, I sent you everybody in the top five, twelve. Six, I, I don't yes, have you did. Eight, seven. No, I don't have eight or nine in what oh, I sent you. Yeah, okay. so I didn't send you the whole list. Okay, I didn't look at it correctly then. Yeah. Um, can I play the Peter Skaronsky draft profile? Oh. So we can talk about the offensive lineman here. Okay. Did we have we played this one yet? We have not played this one I, yet. Who is it? Old or new? It's old crew. So that is Mitch, uh, Aaron, Sarah, or Eric. I'm going Mitch. I'm going to say Eric Ruby. I'm going- Peter Skoronsky, offensive tackle, Northwestern. This six foot four, three hundred and thirteen pound offensive tackle from Northwestern is one of the top offensive line prospects in this year's draft. Skoronsky was named to the Big Ten's first team All Conference and their top offensive lineman. And while he could be suited with a move to guard in the pros after defending his QB's blind side all throughout college, his excellent footwork, clear understanding of positioning and angles, paired with a unique blend of technique, feel and power line up for a potential instant difference maker on any line. NFL comparison, eight-time Pro Bowl guard Zach Martin. Eight-time Pro Bowl guard Zach Martin. Interesting, right? And that's the knock, if that's the word you want to use, that's the knock on Skaronsky, is that he just doesn't project to a tackle at this level. If he's going to be as good as Zach Martin was, then fine. Fine. Yeah, I'm not. A, I don't like. I don't have Look, a dislike for guards. Here's the first of all. That was Eric Ruby. So mm-hmm. I guess I get to pick first. You, you get that. You, you win. Right, yeah. So the, the baton passes over here. Yeah. I have looked. 
I have no problem with the Cardinals going offensive line. None at all. All right. It's honestly, it's the kind of picks that they didn't do enough of when Steve Kime was the general manager. They ignored the offensive line for too many years. They didn't, they didn't provide the proper amount of resources in the draft to the Which offensive is crazy line. Steve Kime in college played what did he play? Offensive line. Offensive yeah. Line. Kind of crazy. crazy. I am opposed to doing it at three. Okay, you want to trade back and take an offensive line? Knock yourself yeah, out. Yeah, go get something for it. You want to do it at three when you know a, a potential edge rusher is there, when Will Anderson's there? That's where I get a little... Un- and by the way, I looked up there, Daniel Jeremiah. He was eighth on his Oh, he was board. eighth, okay. I just didn't include it in my email. I don't know why. I didn't yeah. screenshot Skaronsky too. So he's fifth on Pro Football Focus's big board, overall big board. He's eighth on Daniel Jeremiah's big board. You want to trade down and take Skaronsky? Fine. They say he's got shorter arms. That's and that's so why he, might, he project, might be a guard. Might have not have the yeah. long enough arms to to get out there on the on the outside edges as a tackle. Paris Johnson at seven or eleven? Okay. Sure. Let's say it's at three. At three, I I, I I want Will Anderson. You know, at three, I want. And if Will Anderson's gone, and you're going to stay at three, I want Tyree Wilson. I don't know if I want an offensive lineman at three. I Not want to trade back in an offensive line. Yeah, I think that the the defensive edge rushers and linemen are considered better than what the offensive linemen are this year. But I don't. I'm not opposed to taking an offensive lineman if you trade back far enough. Like if you do trade, you know, seven or even the Tennessee pick at eleven. Like if you do trade there, then and you take an offensive lineman with Tennessee's pick, that'd be fine. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty? He poked the bear and he got mauled. The wolves. Ref- Refused to be swept. Massive injury news in the Western Conference playoffs. A look at the rest of the West and how it impacts the Suns. Next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers. Now. There's still some hope uh, that De'Aaron Fox will be able to play uh, Game 5, that crucial game back in Sacramento with this series tied 2-2. I'm told he would need a protective covering uh, on that finger. I'm told it's the very tip of that left index finger on his shooting hand. You know, the x-rays came back with a fracture there. But I think there's still some optimism. He'll be able to give it a go. Now, how effective he can be, how it impacts his grip, his shot, certainly those are the concerns. That's Adrian Wojnarowski with the news of the day in the Western Conference playoffs in the NBA. De'Aaron Fox, the best fourth quarter player this regular season has seen. Certainly he carried that over into yesterday's game against the Warriors. Has a fractured index finger on his left hand, which is his shooting hand. It happened with about four and a half minutes to go during yesterday's game four. He obviously played through it. He obviously hit a big shot dealing with it, but now his status is thrown into doubt for the crucial game five coming up, I believe, on Wednesday. Yeah, boy, that would have been so much better if they were able to pull that game out and speak 3-1 instead of 2-2. It didn't work out that way, Uh, but he's been their best player. And I think that's part of the problem is that, you know, they've really struggled. There's been a lot of guys that have struggled. He's not getting much help. I mean, only three, th- only three Kings players scored in the final nine minutes of the game last night. Malik Monk only did so at the free throw line. Davian Mitchell just made one field goal. Everything else was Fox. Uh, I mean, everything else was just him. I mean, Sabonis is only averaging 16 points. Kevin Huerta, he's made only three of his 21 three-point attempts. Um, Keegan Murray, 23 points 
points in Game 4, but only 10 in the first three games combined. Harrison Bond, Barnes was 3 of 11 yesterday, missed what could have been the game winner and open 3. Fox is the only starter that's consistently giving them great games. So if he's hurt or out, boy, that really helps Golden State. 38 points in yesterday's game. He hit the big 3 with about 29 seconds to go in the game that pulled the Kings within 1. Curry then on the other end misses the 16-footer. Keegan Murray gets the board. Fox passes out of the double team to Harrison Barnes at the back of the rim. It was, it was a great Wide shot. Open. It was a great look. You didn't need a just three. Wasn't able to get a foul. No, was, but you was, didn't need a three. In rhythm, it was it was the right yeah, shot to take. He just missed it. Right, like it was a perfectly in rhythm pass, and he caught it and he rose up to shoot like he's done a hundred well, times. Two wins a game for you. You, you just well, I always I looked at that and I'm like, why would they have to take a three? You know, it, it was in a rhythm and he's there and he's used to being there. But man, it's just did they force it around trying to find a better shot? You might not find a better shot than that. You might not find a better. I get it. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I get it. I get it. I mean, so the Warriors even that thing up. They get uh, Draymond back. He plays a great game. He played great. And now let's talk about it. They they overcame the brain fart by Steph Curry taking a timeout when they didn't have a timeout. This is Chris Webber moment. Yeah. Did you see the, the slow-mo of Steve Kerr on the sideline? No! Like, no, 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 no. And then Kerr, like every great coach, tried to blame himself after the game. He basically said, yeah, it's my fault. I didn't remind the guys that we didn't have one in the huddle. And Steph Curry's like, get the hell out of here with that. It's my fault. I should have known. I should have known we didn't have any timeouts. So now that one's all because oh, they up. challenged a play and lost the challenge yes. right before that. And then, and then he probably track. And then they just lost track because they had one going in and they challenged and lost the challenge, which means you lose the timeout. It was a tremendously entertaining game yesterday. It really was. And now it shifts back to Sacramento for game five. I, I believe that game is on Wednesday. Let me ask you a general question yeah, before we start getting into some of the specific stuff. We're a week and a day into the Western Conference playoffs now, the playoffs in general. Denver. How'd you know what I was going to ask? What was I going to ask? You're going to ask me which team would you fear the most? Of oh, okay. Who scares you the most? Yeah, same thing. Who, who are you scared of? Denver? Same thing. Is that who you're scared of? Right now, I'd say Denver. Okay. They've looked the best. They probably should have could have won last night. That's 12 nothing run to force overtime. Maybe they should have lost. But they've, looked, they've, looked, they've consistently looked good. Uh, Jokic and Jamal Murray's playing really well, yep. and Gordon can defend. So the late, you know, the Lakers have, you know, Memphis has been Memphis is is worth are already without two key players, and then Jaw's been hurt. So I dropped forty five the other night, though. He did drop forty five the other night. But he have twenty two straight points but in the I think, fourth quarter. Something. I think that Dylan Brooks making it about him and not the team has really hurt Memphis. I think Dylan Brooks trying to be the villain has brought so much attention on himself when it's, it needs to be about the team, not about mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And he's made this about him. Poking the bear, poking the bear, and then LeBron goes out there and then he, you know, he hits him in the groin because he's trying to show him I could play with you, which he can't, but he's trying to show him I could play with you and he hits him in the groin, he gets kicked out of the game and hurts the team. Lakers have been good. Sacramento, the Sacramento Golden State series is weird. Sacramento looked great at home. And then Golden State comes back and they win there too. I would say Denver right now. I still think Sacramento looked pretty good yesterday for the in that environment for them to hang the way they did. I thought they and even not firing at all cylinders like you talked about earlier in the in the segment. I still think the fact that they were as competitive as they were in Golden State was impressive. And I only asked that question just because the the West is. I, I'm just trying to establish early on, like very very early on, who's the team out west that's caught our attention? Who's the one that's kind of got our eye a little? bit. Who are we looking at and going, okay. And I would agree with you, it's Denver. They've. I thought they were going to get challenged a little bit more against Minnesota. You might get, Gold, you might get Golden State Lakers for a chance to go to the Western Conference Finals. 
Very well might. You that, might have Suns Denver and Golden State and Lakers. And Golden State Lakers. I still think that's what you are going to get. I still think when it's so all your road done. is going to have to go through two of three. You got to be Denver and or Golden State or L.A. Yeah, let's talk about that LeBron situation. This is him after the game. I'm used to dealing with guys like Dylan Brooks. They know what they got, what they have to do. I know what I have to do. Um, but this is not my first rodeo. I've, I've had this throughout my career with you know certain individuals. You know. It's easy. It's literally easy if you want to. We won tonight. Let me not start. I don't want to start. It's a lot. To, let me just. We won. You had a hell of a game, my boy. Yes, yes, you had a hell of a game. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. He's talking to AD who's sitting next to him, right? Because he's starting to go down that path of I'm going to complain about Dylan Brooks. I'm going to complain about what he's done to me. And then he stops himself like 20 seconds into the sound. But you know what? I'm not going to do this. We won the game. Let's talk yeah. about my boy. Let's talk about AD and the night that he had. I don't want to do this thing with Dylan Brooks. You know what he's thinking? He's like, you're a little punk. Who yeah. are you? Like, who are you? Yeah. One of the greatest players that's ever played this game. You know what I've done for the game of basketball? Like, you're a punk. Calling me out like that. Like, Calling me an old man, saying you're going to poke the bear. Yeah. Right? Did you yeah, see? And then Dylan Brooks played terrible. He gets kicked out of it and played terrible. Like, that's the other point. Like, Dylan Brooks had a had an awful game before he got kicked out. Did you see LeBron confront Dylan Brooks before the before game? Before the game. Yeah, yeah. Before the game. And, and he, I saw that. I saw the video of it. LeBron said there wasn't anything private about it at all. It was very, very public. And I like Did it. Did anybody like that. write what they said? What no, he said? I. I saw a video of it that tried to read lips, and it was basically, or, or tried to pick up the audio on the mic, and it was still very hard yeah. to make out, but it was it was basically a, hey man, you, you come at the king, you bet us not miss, or something along those lines. I'm still waiting for Memphis to score in the first quarter. <laughs> what was it, 36 to 9? 35 to 9. Uh, 35 to 9. 35 to 9. 35 to 9 was the end of the first quarter. 26-point margin matched the largest lead in NBA postseason history after the first quarter. Yeah, that's nuts. That's nuts. And then Credit to Minnesota last night for surviving against Denver on the wrong end of that twelve nothing run. I thought they were doomed. I thought they were absolutely doomed. Anthony Edwards, a remarkable three pointer in which he, the, the 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 Denver defender. I don't remember who it was. Lost his shorts on that little step jab fake and step back three by Anthony Edwards to basically win the game in overtime. It was uh, and good for. Thank you, Minnesota, for at least extending that series yeah. for Denver and yeah. making that series a little bit longer from the Suns. What was Michael Porter Jr. on? Was that, that who it was? I can't remember. I'm not 100. I can't remember. Sure. But he took that little jab step towards the hoop, and Michael, whoever it was, totally bit. And Anthony Edwards got a real. Uh, they really hit good the, look. the Nuggets hit those three consecutive three pointers, and all of a sudden it's a game. And then Jokic gets fouled. He gets one out of two, and then goes to overtime. Edwards wasn't great in the fourth quarter, but that other kid hit two big three pointers for them. He was he was great. Alexander Walker. Alexander Walker. Yeah. Alexander, bang, bang, two huge three-pointers in overtime. Yep. Uh, the two games tonight, the Bucks are getting Giannis back in yeah. game three against Miami. No Victor Oladipo. No Victor He's Oladipo. done. He got hurt. He's yep. out for the, series, for the season. And then game four between the Lakers and the Grizzlies tonight. And Cam Johnson is a restricted free agent. Yeah, I was going to bring that up in the reset, but Cam Johnson, yes. should the Suns go get him? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. They played hard, but they just couldn't match up. And Philly didn't even uh, have Embiid. I know. 
They didn't even have Embiid. Knife to a gunfight, my friend. Knife to a gunfight. Score the hottest ticket in town. They are Suns playoff tickets, and you can text the word TICKET to 620-620. Get yourself registered, then listen for your name today during the 5 o'clock hour. It's your chance to qualify for Game 5 tickets to go see the Suns and the Clippers tomorrow night. Text the word TICKET to 620-620. When we come back, three players in the top 10 in this stat so far in the playoffs. You know what the stat is. The question is, how big of a problem is it? We'll try to answer it next. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers now. I felt great. I missed a lot of time this season. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, I want to be out there every minute. I wish I could play 48 every game. I should have given that soundbite some context. That was Kevin Durant after game four. He was asked the question if is playing 40 minutes too much? And his response was, how'd I look tonight? You know? Here, I'll play it again. How'd I look tonight? I felt great. I missed a lot of time this season. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, I want to be out there every minute. I wish I could play 48 every game. How worried are we about this? Because I got the list here in front of me. NBA player postseason stats. I organized yeah. the list by minutes played. Kevin Durant is averaging the most so far in the postseason at 43.8. Devin Booker is number two at 43.5. Chris Paul is number nine at 38.8. When tomorrow, it's not a problem. Then you get Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off before you play again. Well, hell, if you win tomorrow, win tomorrow and Denver loses tomorrow, you might get more off. You'd get a full week. I don't it's, think Denver's losing at home. But say say Denver say Denver takes hypothetical, the, yeah. three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off you play on Saturday. So you get those three days to rest, recover, recuperate. Yeah, you're right. If Denver loses, you get even more time off. It, it becomes an issue when you have to play. You know, six and seven game series. I mean, I I always go back to the Suns, the year that they probably should have won it all when they lost to Dallas in the Western Conference Finals. They played seven games against the Lakers, seven games against the Clippers, and then they just ran out of gas against Dallas. They ran out of gas. They were playing too many minutes. They didn't have a big bench. And then they, if they would have beat Dallas, they would have went on and probably won the NBA championship. But they just ran out of gas because they had to play 14 games. Well, if you could get through the first two rounds not playing 14 games, only playing, you know, 11 or 10, mm-hmm. you know, it just makes it a lot easier. So I'm not as worried about it. If this was later on and they had played a bunch of games and they play, they're playing all those minutes, then I think maybe it could add up. But right now, not that concerned. Yeah, it was interesting what Durant said at the end of that soundbite. You know, like, man, I've missed a lot of time this year. I, I, as if to say, I'm fresh. I'm yeah. ready. I'm good. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I, I There are a lot of games I didn't play so far this year, and, and I'm okay. And then Chris Paul and Durant, they were sitting side by side during the, the press conference after the game on Saturday, and he said, look, you got to watch the game to understand that sometimes the minute totals can be deceiving. Here, here's the two of them talking about the it. analytics and 
all the optics of the game, the first thing everybody look at is the minutes. You know what I mean? You got to actually watch the game. You know, there, there may be a four-minute, five-minute stretch where we just out there sort of occupying while both going to work. You know what I mean? So it's not just everybody, oh, how many minutes did they play? How many? It's how was the minutes. And I think that's where we communicate and we talk and we be like, yo, how you, how you feel? How you feel? And we uh, we pros, so we, we just try to figure it out. As if to say some minutes are more intense than others. Well, we've talked about that. Some it's, minutes are more listen, impactful than others. All of these fourth quarter minutes have been impactful because there's a lot of pressure on, right? I mean, the stress, the pressure, high-level stuff. But we talk about the amount of TV timeouts there are. When you review how long it takes to review and the, you know, the, the regular timeouts and the, the fouls and the free throws, there's plenty of time to rest throughout the course of a game. It's a lot different than basketball 20 years ago. It's a lot different. There is more time to kind of get your rest. And, you know, we talked about guys sitting in the corner and just waiting. Let's, I'll go sit in the corner for 15 seconds. I might not see the ball. I can get a good breather right there. Now, now I'm, you know, now that's like the, the battery's charged a little bit yeah. more. I'll tell you something else, too, that I don't think helps is how compressed this series has, begin, has been to begin to start, right? Like, it, there's been no, this is the first time we've had an extra day off in between a game. Yes. And I certainly don't think it helped having a matinee game 37 hours after game three. It was a really quick turnaround. It was the most compressed any first round series. Now, Maybe I'm asking for too much. Maybe I'm hoping for too much. I'm hoping that in the next round, things will be a little bit more spread out, right? There'll be a, you can't count on it. You certainly can't bank on something like that. But I, my hope is that maybe there will be a little bit of extra time in between these games. Is it the, starting earlier? Uh, if it starts earlier? Yeah, and the NBA just won't feel as compelled to compress them as badly because you just eliminated half the playoff field in the first round. You just went from 16 teams to eight teams like that. You might want to try to spread it out a little bit well, last more. year New Orleans was six games yep. instead of five so if you win this tomorrow it's five instead of six and yeah I just you know overall look I mean you got to count on playing you know 22 23 24 games to win an NBA championship what they've been blessed with right now and we see this throughout the league Giannis has been out the last two games Embiid's been out Oladipo's John Morant uh, you know, you just look at all these teams and the injuries that they've had. There's been a tremendous Tyler amount Hero of and, Tyler yeah, Hero go on and on and Treme- on. Darren Fox yeah. right now with mm-hmm. the hand. Mm-hmm. Like there's been a tremendous amount of injuries in the NBA playoffs already. And the Phoenix Suns have been unscathed with that. They've been unscathed, and that's a good thing because a lot of other teams have suffered and dealt with a lot of injuries. I think, uh, well, let me play one more on this. This is Monty after the game talking about the high minutes totals, and here's what he had to say about it. Looking at the way the schedule was set up, you know, playing every other day is not conducive to it. But now we have, you know, part of why I did it today was we have a couple days to recover. But when you're playing every other day in the playoffs, there goes load management. But I think it's something that we are concerned about as it piles up. Yeah, but hopefully we can take advantage of these these days. And I, I will say this, when I talk to our people and they look at how our guys are running around, it's not like the regular season. We're not playing at that same pace. And so the load can be a bit different um, with the minutes that the guys have played. I'll say this too. About and this is—I don't mean this is any disrespect to the Denver Nuggets because they'll be a tough out. Every team in the West is going to be a tough out. Man, there's just something about the Clippers, isn't there? There's just something about them and the way they play and how close they've made this series, even without Kawhi and even without Paul George. And a lot of that credit goes to Russell Westbrook. He was 
amazing on Saturday. He was friggin' amazing in the fourth Single handedly. Single handedly kept him in it. I got tired just watching him play. He was expending so much energy on the floor. Both ends of the floor. That was, I mean, like a redefine the narrative kind of game for Russell Westbrook. Not that he needed that kind of game, but my God, it was just, it was so impressive to watch him. The Suns might wrap this thing up in five tomorrow night. It's going to be a hard five. These have been hard games. Sure. These have been grindy games. Nothing's come easy. The yeah. Clippers have thrown in all these junk gimmicky defenses to muck up the game, and it's worked. This is not an easy out for the Suns. Even if they wrap this thing up in five, this will not be an easy five for Look, them. Look, you could win a boxing match in 12 rounds, and it's not as taxing on you as a four-round fight. You know, go look at Hagler Hearns. Go look at three rounds of Hagler Hearns. There's no, there's not many twelve round, fifteen round fights in the history of boxing that you know that were more taxing than those three rounds. So I understand exactly what you're saying. I mean, these have been high pressure situation, taxing games, right down to the minute, no chance to breathe, stressful situation. Pressure's on. The pressure's on. It's like it's it's like a pitcher trying to protect a one nothing lead for eight innings. There's no margin. You don't have five nothing lead. I'll take a chance with this pitch instead of that pitch. One nothing lead. I got to throw my best pitch every single time out there. I can't get beat with with my third or fourth best pitch. So it's a lot more taxing on a pitcher when it's a one nothing game compared to being up five or six nothing. Yeah, and maybe the next round will be exactly the same. But there's just been so, there's something about the Clippers. They just really make you work for it. When we come back, the trade that everybody was waiting on finally went down to. Today. It leads our four o'clock reset. That is next on the Burns and Gambo Show.